0: What's up beautiful people? My name is Nathan Kruger and welcome to today's episode of The Outpost, the show where we talk about more of what matters. Now, I'm sure that many of you who are listening have heard the term Orwellian being thrown around at some point. There's a high probability that many will have heard an uptick in this term's use ever since our global society threw itself into the arms of a pandemic. When something is described as Orwellian, it usually refers to a situation, idea or societal condition that the famous writer George Orwell identified as being fundamentally corrosive to the welfare of a free and open society. If something is Orwellian, it's likely presenting a distorted rendition of the truth in order to manipulate people into believing that something is something else entirely. Throughout human history, we can see many examples of how propaganda, disinformation and the denial of truth have all effectively been used as powerful tools to manipulate the masses. We often look back on these times in history and wonder how people could have been so blind to the tactics of their manipulators. We analyze events through the lens of hindsight and boldly declare that we would never fall prey to such obvious tactics. But we also forget that the very nature of propaganda is to be believable. Propaganda jumps in bed with our worldview and uses convincing pillow talk to distort that view into something that can be weaponized. This happens slowly. So slowly, in fact, that one could assume the distortion took place naturally, evolving by itself and on its own terms. Now, let me say it again. The function of propaganda is to be convincing. In order to be effective, propaganda has to be both believable and acceptable. This is why it is distributed in small doses, tiny amounts of seemingly insignificant shifts and changes that appear to be harmless or even necessary. This often leads to people not only accepting propaganda, but campaigning for its protection and expansion. Like an ingenious parasite, it is able to creep into the host and convince the host that it should be protected at all costs. Looking back at distant and recent history, one can see that in times of escalated conflict, propaganda is both loud and obnoxious. It can be so obscenely grotesque that it loses the appeal which made it so attractive in the first place. When propaganda has matured enough to reach this point, it has often been integrated with social customs and norms to the extent that it's considered to be culture. People look around and see others being targeted by the system because of their religion, ethnicity, sex or sexual orientation, and don't think twice because that's just how it is. It was the culture of society in recent history to legally discriminate in accordance with race, and still is. Not so long ago, it was the culture of the time to slaughter people of a certain ethnic lineage in an attempt to have a more, quote-unquote, hygienic society. Anyone choosing to rise up against this dominant culture was viewed as a radical fanatic that should be silenced because they threaten the progress of the culture they criticize. Today, however, things aren't so obvious propaganda is a lot more strategic and subtle in its present-day execution. It's more difficult to pinpoint any sole perpetrator because the claws of manipulation are so systemically spread throughout our culture that its grip is both firm and unmoving. Players have managed to accomplish this kind of widespread manipulation through the incremental policing of opinions and calling it fact-checking. One example would be a fact-check I came across in the first few months of 2021. Across a video interview of US President Joe Biden, there was a banner labeled false information. The video publisher was exposing the fact that although the interview was set up to look organic and casual, Joe Biden was reading scripted answers off of a quote-unquote teleprompter. The fact-check claimed that this was fake news but when you click on the banner to see why, it states that after further investigation, it was determined that Joe Biden was reading off of a television screen and not a teleprompter. And thus, we have the strategic sleight of hand, dealing a distorted truth to the public. The machine used was irrelevant, because the issue raised was the fact that the organic interview was a farce. Joe Biden wasn't only reading portions of answers, but his entire dialogue was pre-approved. The journalist, a loose term, wasn't allowed to deviate from the approved talking points as there was no room for independent answers. That was the issue, not the machine used. However, this false information banner is all most people will see and remember. They then lump this criticism of Joe Biden into the box of fake news and move on. This example may seem harmless to some, negligible to most, but the problem is the principle. Examples like these, no matter how seemingly small in weight, accumulate over time. When events like these happen more frequently, they take up more space and weight in our lives. This builds our perception of the world around us, and thus we have a well-constructed worldview built one brick at a time. People need to understand how powerful language is. The strategic use of language is able to have us believe a lie without directly speaking to it. The omission of certain phrases can distort meaning and misrepresent the truth entirely. By disallowing access to certain information, people can easily subscribe to a way of thinking that is in no way a reflection of objective reality. Imagine, for a moment, you had never seen or heard a cow for yourself in person you then come across an article, which outlines why cows go quack. This article states that although many people used to believe that cows go moo, scientists have since determined that this is not the case. Due to their unique physiology, cows are only capable of producing quacking sounds, and do so out of a need to find their herd. These short vocalizations are a lot more effective in covering longer distances, however, The farther they travel, the more distorted they become, giving the false impression of a moo instead of a quack. This article then outlines how a radical group of farmers and scientists are challenging this recent scientific breakthrough. The article makes it clear that these challenges are not to be taken seriously. They are simply bigots who cling to old worldviews and are trying to place obstacles in the way of progress. The article then presents you with a choice. Are you going to be someone that champions scientific progress and growth or are you going to be a bigot naturally many people want to be viewed as champions of progress people that put obstacles in the way of that progress are bad perhaps we shouldn't listen to their ideas this all sounds perfectly reasonable maybe it's in the best interest of progress to prevent them from sharing their beliefs After all, we must avoid the risk of their misinformation convincing others. This all sounds perfectly reasonable. We want to move forward as a society, and we can only do that if we protect progress. This again sounds perfectly reasonable. We must also fight to keep disinformation at bay. We must ensure that our children aren't exposed to the same false information that we once thought was acceptable. This too sounds reasonable. We know more today than we did yesterday. We're informed now. This means that we have to keep radicals out of our schools. This is a threat to our democracy. We have to make sure that we put the right people in place to educate our children the right way. This all sounds perfectly reasonable. And just like that, whether or not cows go quack is irrelevant. The debate has transformed from considerations on animal sounds to open attacks on democracy and our progress as a society. Inquiry is disallowed, debates considered dangerous, and education gets weaponized. And the mantra of perfectly reasonable continues to play out in our heads. That's the hook. It's all perfectly reasonable. Remember, when something is Orwellian, it's identified as being fundamentally corrosive to the welfare of a free and open society. We are only able to have a free and open society if there is a free flow of ideas. Information needs to be accessible in order for people to build considerations that expand beyond their echo chambers. When information is withheld or its access revoked, you isolate people from the complete truth. Anything that claims to embody the spirit of progress cannot do so while actioning censorship leaders and manipulators claim to represent the truth. They do this by isolating specific streams of information which happen to technically be true, but they remove the context. This gives them the ability to misrepresent the world in ways that suit their agenda. They convince themselves that they are fighting the good fight because what they're saying is true, albeit without context. When being presented with solutions that refuse to acknowledge the trade-offs, People need to understand that they are at the mercy of a sales pitch, not a cost-benefit analysis. Context is everything. Context alone is able to flip the narrative of a death from murder to self-defense. Context sets the scene. In most cases, context determines what happens and its reasons for happening. It is the function of context to challenge lies. Without it we are unable to determine up from down or even right from wrong. The inability to see in darkness is the context that allows us to appreciate the light. Modern day fact checkers claim to be the gatekeepers of truth, the proprietors of context, the first line of defense against misinformation. Yet in practice we see something else entirely the policing of thoughts and opinions, the prosecution of beliefs that deviate from the dominant narrative, truths that claim to be self-evident yet require persuasion and coercion in order to be believable. This is the intellectual sleight of hand that is currently breaking our collective psyche, forcing us into the prisons that it claims to be liberating us from. One could argue that promoting ideas of unity through methods of segregation is one of the most neatly Orwellian tricks out there. And people believe it. We're told that the problems we face are far too large for any individual to correct. No single person could action any kind of repair. We therefore require a systemic overhaul. We are told that in order to come together we must faction and categorize our society by means of race and class. This segregationist proposal is championed by the same people that claim to protect the world from segregation. It's astonishing. They would have you believe that the only chance we have at remedy or redemption is to lobotomize society as a collective. To convince the public that the same segregationist tactics they openly criticize is the only true solution that will move us forward. Any disagreement is labeled dangerous. Choosing to remain silent means you are, by definition, the manifestation of violence. If you're not a part of their solution, you're a part of the problem. War becomes peace, freedom becomes slavery, and ignorance is the only true strength. So, ladies and gents, That is it for another episode of The Outpost. I hope that it resonated with you. I hope that you found it super interesting. And if so, please, please, please share it with the people that you know and love. Please help me get these messages out there because I feel like it is so important for people to come together. And we can only do that if we all choose to sit down and discuss. So stay tuned for future episodes of The Outpost.